0: Podcast, presented by Chalk and Chisholm Creek. I am Colby Daniels, along with John Moss, days away from Christmas. It's on the horizon.
1: John, what's going how on, my friend? Think Nick, uh, how Saint Nick doing down there in Oklahoma City? You guys done shopping and all that?
0: I think so. I, I feel confident about it. It's, uh, yeah, I don't think I've, I've you know, in, inevitably you always miss somebody, but I've Way it goes. How about you? If it makes
1: you feel any better. I haven't started.
0: So
1: <laughs> today's what, December twenty second. Yeah, I haven't started yet. So I might yeah. need to go do some shopping uh, eh, tonight, tomorrow.
0: Yeah. No, that I, I I'm uh, I'm familiar with that strategy. I, I lived by that strategy for a long time. It becomes considerably more difficult to procrastinate when like you have to like watch a child and you can't just like go knock it out real fast. So. Uh, that, that kind of alters the game plan and forces you to not procrastinate until the, you know, the final hour. But like, I am I was notorious for, like, say I have to go to a Christmas gathering at one o'clock in the afternoon and I have to leave my house at 12.30 to get there by one. That means I leave my house at like 12.20 and I give myself 10 minutes to like just make one pit stop somewhere. Uh, and And usually it's acquired on the way, so
1: my brother and i have a streak of going to target on the 24th after we eat dinner before we open gifts to get gifts (laughs) that are going to be opened just a few minutes later like we leave to go get gifts and then come back oh that's over that might happening in this year i don't know i'm gonna go down to dallas for dinner on the 24th and come back the night of the 25th and I don't have anything yet, so maybe Bucky's along the way. Maybe everybody's going to get some beef jerky or something. I don't know. I, don't know I what mean, honestly,
0: that sounds like a really good gift. I, Bucky's beef jerky is a better gift than at least half of the things I acquire every year.
1: Bucky's beef jerky is up there in the pantheon of beef jerky. Oh, like yeah. There's, there's this place in Hot Springs, Arkansas called, I think it's Wilson's. It's just like this old school deli. And they make their own beef jerky and it's that real, you know, you can tell they dried it like it's big pieces and it's really chewy and hard to tear apart. And like, it's real jerky. And you know, that's up there, but Bucky's is right there with it, man. Bucky's is for people that don't know. I had this argument with someone the other day that they were trying to tell me quick trips better than Bucky's. And I was like, dude, you're fucking crazy. I was like, what? Bucky's is quick trip and Walmart combined. Like they had an affair and they had a baby and that baby was a beaver. And the beaver's name was Bucky. Yeah.
0: That's, with all due respect to the Tulsa crowd, like I don't understand the Tulsa crowd, like f- fascination with Quick Trip. Like it's—I'm not saying it's a—it's bad, but like if you're so infatuated with Quick Trip that you're going to put it on the Bucky's level, you clearly are delusional.
1: Yeah, I mean I get it, right? Like I lived in Texas. There's 7-Elevens in Texas now. There's some Quick Trips, I think, but yeah, you know. So I grew up with going to 7-Eleven. That was like the hangout. After school, you go get your Slurpee and then loiter in the parking lot, and like it, there's a marked difference between Seven yeah. Elevens, come and goes. What's your version? Because Quick Trips aren't really in Oklahoma City, are they?
0: No. What is no, here? Your, I think it's like on queue.
1: On queue. Yeah. On cue.
0: On queue is probably the big
1: um, one. The difference is like most Quick Trips now have the kitchen inside. The QT right. kitchens, right, where they make like pizza and sandwiches and desserts and that kind of stuff, right. So that really sets it apart. Like it's a, they're the fastest people behind the register you'll ever see in your life, <laughs> and they're checking out three people at once. But <laughs> the fact that like the food quality is so good for a gas station, yeah. Like I get the loyalty, but to say it's on Bucky's level is insult to Bucky. It's just lunacy. Yeah. It's an insult to yeah. Bucky's.
0: And I like I'm I'm one of those people that I I, I can give it up to Quick Trip like I, I Quick Trip is solid, it's really good. But I mean, yeah, for, you know, that's for, a good way to
1: put it. It is solid to quite solid. But
0: yeah. Bucky's, Bucky's is though, for crying. I mean, you could do your here. entire Christmas, as we just discussed. You could do your entire Christmas shop at Bucky's. There's something for everyone I mean, honestly, at Bucky's. Honestly,
1: honestly, like I am going to stop on my way down, and it might be like a Bucky's <laughs> T-shirt, a Bucky's beanie, some beef jerky. <laughs> Like it, it might everything might come from Buckys, and they'll know that I shopped on my way down there because there's no Buckys in Oklahoma. you know what but that's I mean, kind
0: of the charm to that as well, though, because they kind of know like, hey, he just bought this.
1: here comes fucking John, yeah, <laughs> no, no yeah. gifts, dogs in tow. what's gonna happen?
0: I also would I do that i just I just double bag everything and then wrap it real tight, and that's the wrapping, like I'm not gonna. That's solid. Yeah. You're getting, wherever I got it from, you're just going to kind of get that the present wadded up in in a few bags that are from that same location. I like
1: to bring boxes that do not have anything to do with the gift that I'm giving. Oh, yeah. So like bring like Tampax boxes for my brother and put like his stuff in there. (laughs) And so that first moment when he opens it, he's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, seriously? (laughs) You know, you get get to it and it's actually something else. Um, That's always fun to do play with with their mind a little bit yeah
0: that's great man i it it it's wild to me it doesn't even i guess really feel like christmas week but i don't know yeah the weird part is we wanted
1: 2020 to end so quickly and i feel like march to september was a blur but then all of a sudden now like it you're right it doesn't feel like it should be the end of the year in a weird way, yeah. Maybe it's because the temperature sixty, mid sixties outside. Yeah, you know, it just I was outside a T-shirt feel, today. Yeah, it doesn't feel at all like winter. But I don't know, man. I, I laugh at the people that think once the calendar turns twenty twenty one is going to be some, you know, far better version of twenty twenty. <laughs> I mean, eventually it will. I'm, you know, vaccines. I, I'm almost and disappointed
0: that. that like we're not going to be able to curse twenty twenty in a week. Cause, cause, like, yeah. as of now, when anything happens, you're like, "Ah, oh, man, fuck 2020." Right, right. It's just kind of it just kind of makes us all feel you, better, even though say? it doesn't really
1: January second.
0: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really mean and anything, s- but it just kind of all makes us all feel better that we ha- like yeah. can all blame it collectively on 2020. Anything bad that happens, right, can fall under the 2020 umbrella. On
1: January second, you can no longer say "fuck 2020." Exactly. Like, you're gonna have to come up with something
0: else. So disappointing. But yeah, get us out of this year.
1: Plus, I I think it's just kind of like for a lot of people,
0: it's just going to feel like a reset. Like, even though nothing really changes, we're still dealing with all the same problems. I think just like that mental reset probably just does some people good. Like, I agree. I don't know. Like It's some sort of like weird mental block. Like, you have cleared some sort of like hurdle in your mind.
1: I agree with that. Um, We haven't talked in a a little bit uh, with like Thanksgiving and... All this different stuff going on, but I'm I'm curious. Are you? Where do you fall on the vaccine talk? Are you are you pro anti? Or are you going to wait? Or are you going to take it when it's available? What's your where you where are you on that?
0: I'm I'm all for like obviously people that need it getting it first. So I'm I'm in no rush. At the same time, like I I also wouldn't mind seeing like. If if I need to get it because no. I'm going to be around a lot of people and, and you know, at the moment, I, that's not my situation. So I'm not in a rush to get it anyway. And if if I don't need it, then I would probably prefer to sit back and wait and see, you know, how, how people do with it and how it helps or doesn't help or what so- sort of side effects end up happening with it. Because, again, like it's not an urgent thing for me because – I'm at home with little man every day. Like it's, you know, I'm not out and about constantly. My job obviously doesn't require me to be out and about. So uh, yeah, probably sit back and just wait and see how it all goes. But I, I'm, I'm not anti uh, if it comes to that, for sure.
1: Okay. You? Yeah. Um, I feel like enough people need to take it so that the herd immunity will actually work. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll do my part and I'll take it whenever I can get my hands on it. Like I, I'm a little just a little hesitant like i i know they're not rushing it out without proper testing like that they're not doing that but there just hasn't been by virtue of when they had to start this to when it's completed enough time to see long-term ramifications so i mean i I feel like it is a risk to some degree like whatever degree you want to say that is but you know i will i will take that risk for the betterment of society, you know, and be one of the ones that gets vaccinated just oh, to there, try there to help go. with the, the herd immunity thing. Like I'll, I'll, I'll risk that.
0: On Sunday, I was actually like right after the NFL game ended, I just was lazy and didn't change the channel. And I think it's 60 minutes that comes on CBS after like the, the afternoon yep. game and the ticking they, clock. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so they did, they did some sort of story on the vaccine and like the, I don't remember who they were talking to, but whoever it was that was involved in the whole thing was like talking about how, and and like they did, like you said they didn't have enough time to to be able to tell you if there are any long term issues. So like they were asked that, and the guy was just like, "I mean, we don't know. We we think everything's going to be fine, but it's not like you know we we just start like this thing's been done in a very short amount of time. So who knows?" Uh, at the same time, he he brought up something that is is a really great point. He was like this vaccine isn't going to basically do a whole lot for what's happening right now in this cycle. He's like, you still have, like, just because you take the vaccine, like, it's not going to do anything for you right now. So, like, he he was kind of, like, saying, I think people have this idea that once you get vaccinated, like, all of a sudden your body is, like, full of, you know, these antibodies that are going to fight it. And he's like, that's not really the way it works. He's like, basically what this does is it, it, it's going to get us prepared for the next cycle, you know, basically next year uh, to, to where the, the population as a whole is prepared to deal with this. So it's not a pandemic level type thing. But he's like, you know, this doesn't change anything with what's happening right now. And everybody still needs to social distance and everybody's still going to have to mask. And, you know, that, that was one of those things that I just don't think many, I haven't heard really talked about at all as far as the vaccine goes, because I think there's just this thought that once you get it, like, you're good because you have the vaccine and you can go do whatever. So, anyway, I just thought that was really interesting. He kind of no, went into yeah. depth on that, so.
1: It is. And, like, the, you know, I read somewhere, maybe watched some interview, too, where they don't know... How did they say it? They don't know the contagion or the your level of contagiousness as far as, like, can you still get it not get sick from it because you have the vaccine but then still be able to transmit it and spread it right you know even though you're not sick yeah and so that you know leads to the whole you got to keep masking you got to keep social distancing you got to keep all that up and so i just think man i think masks might just be if that's the only new normal that comes of this and we're more cognizant of washing our hands and you know keeping distance from Those that we don't know that well, type thing, then I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, honestly, it's not that big of a deal to put a piece of cloth on your face, and everybody that says it is is just stupid. Yeah, I mean, it
0: it doesn't phase me. Like I, I, I don't know. It's maybe at first it was like mildly annoying to have it there, but like it, it was never like one of those things that was where it bothered me so bad that I was like, oh man,
1: this sucks. I think it was annoying just because we weren't used to it. Yeah. Yeah, right. it was that new factor.
0: And yeah. I'm tired of my nose breaking out, but you know, like <laughs> like right on this little area. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Constantly. I'm with you, man. Constantly.
0: I'm
1: um, with you. Um, I was going to um, ask you
0: before before we uh changed yeah. topics from the uh the Christmas stuff. Uh so two Christmas questions. A, sure. can you ever remember getting a present? That you were just so offended by or disliked so much that uh, you had like a bad reaction to it. Yes. Really?
1: Yeah. And only because, so I think we've talked about this before. My mom historically is not a good gift giver.
0: Yes, From I do. From the standpoint remember you of
1: like, that. A, for effort. Like she definitely gives it a for effort. And so I can't really fault her for the gifts. Right. But she's one where she asked what you want this year. I'm petrified. Cause she didn't ask what anybody wanted. <laughs> so I, I have no clue what's about to happen on the night of the 24th and from Santa on yeah. the morning of the 25th. Yeah. Like I have no clue, but usually she'll ask like, you know, is there anything you want in particular in one year? This was like three or four years ago. I wanted an iPad. So I was like, look, if you're going to spend, you know, I, I'll split it with you. If you just want to get me like an Apple gift card for like however much you want to spend on Christmas towards that, you know, I can, I can pick up the rest or, or whatever, but I just, you know, I kind of want an iPad for, I was at channel eight at the time. So it was more like four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, iPad for work, that kind of stuff. I like could, you know, it's just kind of what I wanted. So she instead gets all of us, my brother and my sister and I just this Walmart version of a tablet thing that just, (laughs) I mean, like we opened the box and it was a brand you hadn't heard of and it was, you know, it was just like, what, what? Yeah. Like why would, and it was like 150, 200 bucks. I was like, why would you just give me the gift card? Just take the money to the cash or something like it's, you know, I appreciate the effort. You got me a tablet, but I think we used it like twice and then it got a virus and then it just like never, materialize uh, into anything uh, so it wasn't offended as much it was just like why go through that when you could just get me what i asked for yeah or put the money towards what i asked for if it's something specific like that
0: yeah no i get that that's uh i i've had a situation like that as well i think I was it was like say, with what, a, the I old school like too. i yeah. home well like like your story i wanted one of those like you know i home type things that's you know the the all-in-one uh and i got the like whatever cheap version knockoff whatever version and yeah. it yeah. didn't work at all and it was yeah uh no i asked that because a few years ago my uh my brother-in-law had this saw this video on youtube where these parents would like wrap like random stuff around the house into presents and then like give it to their kids <laughs> and so the kids would like open it up and just like just, you know, like it'd be like a carrot or just like just random stuff for the reactions. And it was hilarious. So cause, so he had sent me that video and it was so funny. So he decided to do that with his son. And he just, he, he had an old doorknob. They had replaced a doorknob in their house. Had this, the old doorknob, wrapped it up, gave it to him. So Christmas morning, he like gets up. He's, you know, he's still like kind of tired and they recorded the whole thing. And he gets the present and he opens it up and he just like looks at it for a second and like looks up at them and like looks at it for a second and he's like a doorknob and they're like yeah do you love it and he was like yeah thank you guys and like he's like holding back tears like <laughs> right, right, but like right, right. he's trying to you know he's trying to be nice about it and trying to be grateful it was the cutest thing ever cuz like i think i would have been like what the hell a doorknob but yeah it was it Where's was really the rest funny. of the
1: door guys yeah. So great! Um, Did you see what? So two Tom Segura things. Uh, One, he had this video the other day, and he was he does this thing where he test drives really nice cars, and you know talks about them or whatever. I don't know if you saw this, but he was talking about how either was a son. I think it was a son. Right now, is going through a phase where he loves office supplies for some reason, and so like he'll order. Tom will order like six months worth of office supplies. And then he has birthday, Christmas. Like he'll just wrap up like white out in like, you know, some highlighters or something. And the kid just goes crazy, like loves it, <laughs> loves the office supply stuff. Um, so, so he was joking about how he's, he's got the next few holidays set. Cause he ordered six months worth of office supplies earlier in the year. Um, but I don't know if you saw what he and Bert Kreischer started doing, it's talking about gift giving. They feel like their wives and wives, girlfriends, females in general don't and kids don't give good gifts yeah and so they started a deal where so tom got Bert a e-bike one of those electric bicycle things but the deal is every year you have to spend more than you spent the year before on the gift for the other friend. So like, that's the, that's the deal. So like you give the gift, you show the receipt. And then, so like next year he'll have to spend more than, I think it was a $10,000, $8,000 bike or something like that. So he'll have to spend more than that on Bert. And so Chrysler's like so excited. He's eventually, he's going to be like, Hey Bert, a new plane, (laughs) (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I guess going to get to a point where like, what do you do? You buy an Island or something something like that. Yeah. (laughs) So I love that idea. Like find a friend, a fellow dude that gets bad gifts from his family Yeah, and then just start a deal like, all right, like we can start at a hundred bucks, but next year you got to spend more than a hundred bucks. Like you got to spend, you know, at least 150, 200. And then it just keeps multiplying. Awesome. And in 10 years you're, you're yeah. getting really high class gifts.
0: Yeah. And then you run into a rough year and you're like, damn, now I got to kill him.
1: It's <laughs> <Right>. Sorry, man. <laughs> Can't do it. Got to kill you.
0: Started out with uh, good intentions, but. Spiral downhill very quickly.
1: He yeah. got out of hand just a little bit.
0: <laughs> oh, So, Little Man has, uh, he watches this one cartoon where the kid in the cartoon wears a tie every day. So, he's wanted a tie for Christmas. This whole, like, hasn't, like, every time, it's like, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want Santa to bring you? And he wants a bouncy house, which is, like, completely absurd. Obviously, you're not getting a bouncy right.
1: house. Well, um, I mean, you could but, you have the room in your like, yard
0: yeah yeah but i can i mean i can appreciate that he's shooting a shot um and then you know some other like little small things like this little lightning mcqueen car and this re- remote control monster truck and uh dallas cowboy football helmet and just you know just some kid stuff and then like a red tie
1: a red tie specifically yeah
0: yeah red tie because that's what that's what the kid in the cartoon wears he wants a red okay. tie okay it's just the most random thing ever
1: I have a bunch of ties I can send you from the channel. We we got one. We, yeah, we found a
0: really cheap one, like little clip on cheap one on Amazon for like five bucks or something. But yeah,
1: he's going to be, that's going to be his favorite gift.
0: It probably will be actually like he's, he's so excited about getting a tie just because this kid in a cartoon wears one. I I respect that though. I I ate Wheaties for like six years of my life just because Michael Jordan was on the box. So I can't, I guess I can't talk too much.
1: I bought a chess set and this clock because <laughs> of Queen's Gambit. So come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still in that mode. So
0: are you? A, are you a grandmaster yet?
1: Uh, no, but I, I played. Uh, Curtis and Amber came over for dinner a couple of weeks ago, and I fried some chicken and whatever. And Curtis and I played a game, and I, I pretty much dominated. Oh, nice that game. Uh, but he, he's the same. So he hasn't played in a long time either. And so I had been playing a little more recently just on the computer against, you know, simulated people. So that's how I, if you want to call it practice or whatever, is I'll play the computer and then when they make a move, I'll make the move on the board for them. And then that way I'm at least playing on the board. So it feels more realistic. Yeah. So in, in that kind of way, like with that kind of practice, I'd played more than Curtis had. And so he was very much reactive and reactionary to whatever moves I was making. And so I, d- I wasn't thinking too many moves ahead, you know, maybe one or two, but I was able to pretty easily get him to do what I wanted him to do in order to, you know, take certain pieces or whatever, but he, he would take 10 minutes in between moves and then he would try to do a move. And I was like, no, you can't do that. And he's like, why? And I was like, cause you're moving into a check. Like you can't, he's like, Oh right, yeah. Okay. Right. You know, so it was one of those games, but it's fun. I haven't played too much, but uh, real life playing. Right. Right. Um, but I don't know. We'll do a shots you take chess league at some point. Because I'm about to win the fantasy football league. Are so you? We might as well. I don't. I don't know who's projected to win this week, but I believe I am in the championship.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, I just had some roster difficulties. I, I the fact that I even made the playoffs was absurd because I was like something like one in six, and then I went on a yeah, crazy you had a good win run, streak.
1: There. Yeah.
0: And. Uh, yeah, it didn't go well last week. I think I think You want to see- talk about a
1: bad beat? I was playing the number one seed in one of my other leagues. He was 11-2 on the year. I was projected – so it was projected when we started, um, 55-45, he was to win. My guys had a good week heading into the afternoon game. And so at the start of the afternoon game, I was projected to win like 60-40. I had Kyler Murray – he had picked up Jalen hurts and started Jalen hurts. So it was Kyler against Jalen. That game had more swings in it. Like I was up (laughs) 85 to 15% in win probability. And the next time I look with Jalen hurts doing his thing, I was down like 40, 60, and then I was up 70, 30. And so it ended up, I was down nine points heading into Monday night football and I had the Browns kicker. And they refused to kick a fucking field goal. Oh. And so I got one point and lost in the uh, semifinals Damn. of that league because of fucking Jalen Hurts. And Kenyon Drake did nothing. So I just yeah. – those were the only two things that, that hurt me. I uh, No in, pun intended.
0: In my money league, so the last week of the regular season, I needed one – I needed to win to get into the playoffs – and I was facing like the lowest scoring team in the entire league who also just happened to have Tyreek Hill. And that was that game a few weeks ago where Tyreek Hill just went bananas. And I had a great week. I mean, I, th- I think I was the second highest scoring team in the league that week. I just happened to be playing this dude that had Tyreek Hill that week.
1: And he had like 50 something points yeah, or whatever. And I
0: lost and that kept me out of the playoffs. I was so mad. I was like, I'm never doing this again. This is why I hate fantasy right. football.
1: You'll do it next year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I swear so it I'm gonna off. Start,
1: I'm going to start next year. I'm going to start a dynasty league up here. So with probably six, six or eight teams total. And it's the bill Simmons model for his dynasty league. I don't know if you're familiar with what that looks like exactly, but it's, I think the way we're going to do it is you have a 25 player roster. So the first year you draft like any normal fantasy draft. Right. But then every subsequent year you only draft the rookie class. And so you're basically building your team as if it's a real life. You're trying to build a football team. You have three individual defensive players. You have to pick one from the D line, one from the linebackers, one from the secondary. And then other than that, it's just normal. Like you'll probably start the same number of like players as a normal team would You just have a deeper bench. And so that lends itself to more trades. It lends itself to just different things like that. But
0: well, and obviously not taking because you like giving away right. players, and yeah,
1: right. And you have to find the thing is though you have to find six or eight owners that won't give up on it. Right. Because like if you have a if you draft poorly, injuries, anything like that, like it could take you two or three seasons yeah. to catch back up to the the rest of the league. So it'll it'll be interesting. It could be, and I think we're going to allow. We've got to figure out how it works, but I think we're going to allow mid, well, first half substitutions. Oh. So, like, if if you if you start a quarterback at noon, yeah, at a noon game, yeah, you have until the third quarter starts to pull him, and you can make it, do that one time to pull him for your other quarterback if he's playing later you know if he's playing a later game yeah yeah so you know if you it's a it's a risk but
0: that's pretty i like that that's pretty cool
1: makes you keep you know pay attention a little bit
0: yeah yeah that's i like that the only the only problem for me with that especially with football i think i'd be all in on that in a in a fantasy baseball league but my favorite part of fantasy football is doing the draft like the draft itself like, after that, mm-hmm. I'm like, eh. But, like, I, I love drafting. And so the right, draft for right. me is, like, the highlight of the entire fantasy football year. And then that's then it's basically all downhill after the draft. So not having the draft, <laughs> I think, would, would uh, deter me from that league.
1: Well, you have the draft. You well, just yeah, only but I mean, rookies. not
0: the complete, like, yeah, all-out well, thing. But
1: it completely changes the draft, if you think about it. Because, like, the first pick in next year's Dynasty draft has to be Patrick Mahomes
0: oh yeah for sure
1: like it has to be the second pick probably has to be justin herbert who you know because what you're wanting to do is get that long-term yeah. upside and so i don't know you know joe joe burrow coming off injury you know, i don't know but next year will be different because the rookies will be included in that draft so how high do you take a flyer on a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or Zach right. Wilson, or right, you know, anything like that. So it'll be interesting. It'll well, be see, that's interesting when you to could do, do like out.
0: you could take a flyer on one of those guys and then still get like an Aaron Rodgers so that you're taken care of yeah. for the next couple years and then you have like your next guy down the right. road,
1: right? For sure. Josh Allen will probably go pretty high, yeah. Kyler Murray. Yeah, he'll go pretty high. Deshaun Watson. I, I'm, hell, at this at this rate, Jalen Hurts might go pretty high. He's <laughs> playing some football. He's over not. There.
0: He's not bad. He's not bad. I'm. I'm very cautious about. Uh, I first of all, I just don't. I've never been really high on him as far as what his his ceiling is in the NFL. Uh, and and look, I'll give him credit for how well he's played, but um, he just he doesn't throw the ball well enough to me. For when they get enough film on him to start taking away the things that they're going to take away and force him into doing the things that he's not good at, so I don't know, we'll see. But I, he's he's played really well so far, and he's certainly a better option than uh, Carson Wentz. So
1: I'm going to tell you this because you're in the same boat I was in. We are jaded because we watched him in Norman. Yeah, we might be. That's the problem. Yeah, and I, I had to I had to call my dad about it because I had. In one of my other leagues, so I was in like three or four leagues, one of them, the semifinal matchup, I had a choice between Jalen or Baker Mayfield. And I could not make the decision. And it was because I, I mean, my brother's the same way. We have this conversation all the time. Like he does not think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. And I think as of right now, like his arm is good enough to keep defenses honest like he's hit some deep balls down the field he's been inaccurate too but he's he's hit enough shots down the field that you can't just load the box against him and so if that's the case then his running ability just his ceiling is so much higher than a normal quarterback just because he'll get you those rushing yards probably a rushing touchdown every game it seems like at some point yeah um so you're at least getting one touchdown from him you know, if not a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. So it's – I have to take off the glasses that I watched him in college, you know, those OU crimson right, tinted right. glasses. No, I get that. And it's – I think you're in the same boat. Like, I think all of us in Oklahoma are probably in the same boat.
0: Well, he has a strong arm. Like, that's that's the one thing I I give him a lot of credit for because I think – you know, we we watched the two guys before him throw the football, and it's not as though Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball. He just doesn't fit the ball into tight windows. He doesn't throw with anticipation, but he can throw the ball a mile. I mean, he he has right. a big arm, and like to compare him to I think like that's a pitcher, all you need,
1: though. You know, yeah, he that's has all the fastball. He just doesn't yeah. have
0: like the change up and the curveball, so to speak. Right. But, um, yeah, we'll see, man. Like Lamar Jackson's a, a pretty decent example. And I get there are a lot of reasons why Lamar Jackson hasn't been as successful this year and you know some of that is is what's happened with his offensive line and the players around him but like a lot of these guys that aren't great passers when you know teams kind of figure out what your tendencies are and take them away if you're not as well rounded in the passing game as you know some of the other guys I mean that's what separates the really good guys in this league from the guys that you know, like, again, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts can't be a starting quarterback and be an average starting quarterback, because I think he certainly can. I just don't, like, for me, I, I just rule out the idea of him being, like, a top-five elite type of guy. I just don't think that's even possible.
1: It depends on what we're talking about. Yeah. In the fantasy football context of football, I think he could pretty much stay near the top 12.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. 12 to 10 he, yeah, that's, because that's, of that
1: ceiling. That's because definitely of running, obtainable. Yeah, you know? I would agree with that. But just if we're talking statistics and take fantasy out of it just <laughs> yeah. as a quarterback right there's no way in hell yeah, yeah there's no way in hell yeah. but you know for our conversation right now like it's i have him in a league that i won, and then i'll probably start again next week yeah because i don't know if anybody's going to figure him out until next year
0: right you know yeah no that's I, I think that's the case for sure um and and you are right like it's I it for all of us I think it's it's and I've said I even said this last year as we were watching it in front of our eyes I was like we all we all think this offense is not very good compared to the last two but like the numbers were basically on par but we can visually see that it's not the same thing and yeah I I just you know it's he's he's just I think for Oklahoma he there was a no win situation there barring them winning a national championship because the two previous guys were just, I mean, once in a lifetime type of guys. And it just so happened that it was back-to-back seasons before him and Norman.
1: How cool was it that a number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from OU played the game of the day against another OU quarterback that was a Heisman Trophy finalist, which led into Sunday Night Football featuring another number yeah. one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winning OU quarterback getting a win. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like as not even as a Sooner fan, like you can be a Cowboys fan, a Golden Hurricane fan, whatever. But just like as an Oklahoman, that's pretty damn cool to see.
0: Yeah, no, it was I I uh like every part of me wanted to watch uh Kansas City, New Orleans, and I just couldn't do it. I was like, I, I can't pass up like I had both on, obviously, but uh I wasn't really paying attention to Kansas City, New Orleans, which was I mean, I said on Sunday that was my preseason Super Bowl pick for crying out loud. Uh, Drew Brees
1: is not good enough to get them to the Super Bowl right now no
0: no not at all but like it the Saints are a good team and uh I mean there's so much more talent on both of those teams than the other game but Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts stole the show
1: so right now what's your Super Bowl prediction
0: The NFC for me is so tough, but I think it's hard to pick against the Packers just because it, the defense is playing pretty well and Aaron Rodgers. So if like if I had to if I had to put money on the line, I think I would bet Kansas City, Green Bay.
1: I'm trying to be different than that. Yeah, Kansas City to me is the lock of between those two. Yeah, is the the more of the lock. Like I could see Buffalo doing something you know i really like josh allen i like stefan Diggs. i like that offense but i just man with their ability to just look at tyreek hill and say hey bro go yeah and then mahomes just throws that post on a dime and he backflips into the end zone i mean it's just it's just not fair
0: they just beat you too many ways yeah it's yeah
1: um, or you have to have, I mean, tra- or Travis NF-
0: Kelsey catches like fifteen balls for two hundred yards, right. like
1: right. <laughs> uh, the NFC before the Rams lost to the Jets, I was kind of like, you know, that's a team you probably don't want to play with Aaron Donald, and then the weapons they have at wide receiver with Cup and Woods and all that. But I just don't trust Goff. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: like, I, I just couldn't can never buy into them for that reason. Like, I think yeah. they're a really talented team, but I, I can't take them serious as contenders because, Jared right. Goff, like, you can, Five you can weeks beat ago, Jared Goff on his own.
1: Right. Five weeks ago, I think Seattle would have been maybe one that you lean towards yep. if you're going away from Green Bay, but yeah. they're limping to the finish line. Um,
0: and what the hell happened to Russell Wilson? He went from, like, I know, the greatest. I know. I mean, I'm not saying he was better than Mahomes, but he went from, like, the greatest quarterback in the league to, like, four weeks in a row of just what the hell are you doing out there
1: i'm gonna say this (laughs) and you're gonna laugh watch whoever wins the nfc east just watch them just watch them if the cowboys win both their last two games and washington loses to carolina next week then the cowboys are in the playoffs that means they've won four or five in a row whatever that number would be i mean you know they have the the weapons on offense it's just can that defense show up and play? They're they're playing better. Yeah. The defense is. And even if Washington gets in, Chase Young can win a football game.
0: Well, that defensive line as a whole is yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. Like they're a and problem they simply for the fact that they can compete sure. with anybody in the NFL just on the defensive line.
1: And if Alex Smith is the quarterback, you know, if he's back and healthy, they have weapons at wide receiver with McLaurin. They have a good running back in Gibson. Their offensive line isn't horrible. Like I don't know if they're good enough to get to the Super Bowl but they're good enough to win a game or two.
0: They could win a game or they could, they could just, I think more than anything, they're just a problem. I mean, they're not an easy win because of that reason, but I think there are too many other areas where they, they just don't match up well against the better teams. Um,
1: Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to zig. Give me Kansas city, Arizona, Super Bowl. Oh, give me, give me Kansas city, Arizona. I think Kyler Murray's just a problem. And DeAndre Hopkins and and that whole receiving core, if they can just get a running game, whether it's Chase Edmonds or Kenyon Drake, I don't care who. There's enough good players on that defense between Peterson and Matthew and you know just the the players they have on the defensive line. Like it's enough to keep them in a game and let Kyler Cook. If to the steal season the line ended today,
0: us. Arizona would not be in the postseason. They'll get there. Okay. They'll get there. Are you sure? Yeah. Because they won. The two wild cards right now would be. Uh, let me pull it up. I thought there's three wild cards right now, this year. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I yep, think they yep, are the right. last
1: team in. You're yeah, right. Yeah.
0: I I wasn't even. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's that weird year. The yep, first year. I was. Of the I was thinking like card. the. Nor- yeah, yeah. You're right. So they'd be the last team in. I think. Yeah, because I was
0: like, I looked at I looked at the standings uh, yesterday, and there were two. Uh I couldn't the Rams right now and the Bucks are the two nine win teams that aren't leading Yeah, divisions. how weird
1: is that? We didn't even mention a team with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris know, Godwin, right? Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Ronald Jones. I don't know what 32. it
0: is. I've watched them quite a bit this year and there's just something They're not good. They they're loaded with talent. Like that team is loaded. And I just they either just... the offensive
1: line or it's Brady is losing the battle against Father Time. It's one of the two because there's too many weapons on that offense to not put up points. Yeah. And there's too many games where they put up 17 or 20 points and it's just, it's one of the two. Either he doesn't have time or granted also it is Tom Brady, but he didn't have any sort of a training camp with a new offense and a new team and new receivers. So maybe it's just taking a long time to get on the same page. You know what he had in New England. New
0: offense, chemistry with new players. yeah.
1: Yeah. I have a feeling if they don't win a playoff game, Arians is out. Oh, yeah. You, you, I mean, you, you almost have to make a change yeah. there. And probably they call Josh McDaniels.
0: Well, and and I think when you also consider the amount of, like, times on a Monday that there's been the, like, Arians is throwing Tom Brady under the bus narrative. I mean, there's... Right, right. I'm, I'm not saying that that's a major thing, but that there's got to be some something to that. I mean, some of that has to be... I, I mean, I would just guess that there's a little... Where there's smoke, there's fire, so to speak.
1: I'd agree with that. Yeah. And I mean, if you can get Josh McDaniels to come down to Tampa, do it. I mean, because, you know, next few years of Brady before he retires, he has an offense he's familiar with, a coach he's familiar with, yeah, culture he's familiar with, all that. It can't hurt. You know, I mean, Antonio Brown knows that culture too, to an extent. Yeah. I mean, he was there for a cup of coffee, but, you know, at least he's familiar with it to some extent.
0: How did you feel about the, uh, college football playoff on sunday well i guess i should ask it two Um, ways a were you surprised they went the way they did b because i think sometimes like we all have different conversations about what we thought that was going to happen and and what the committee was going to do and what we wanted to happen so what did you think was going to happen and what did you want to happen
1: uh, they did exactly what I thought they would do because okay. it was the easy way out. Yeah. I mean, it's that's just the easy way out to do what they did. Um, as good as Ohio State can look, I just cannot wrap my mind around rewarding a conference that only played its champions seven times, I believe, I versus almost double that for some of the other teams in the playoff and behind them in the playoff. Right and this was the year that i would have put cincinnati at four i would have put i would have put an undefeated power six group of six whatever you want to call it now um group of five uh, some i think it was joel clad uh, or someone i heard saying that he's basically calling it a power six now with the american included in that because they're basically better in the pac 12 at this point um <laughs> Which is true, yeah, and better better than everybody but Clemson and Notre Dame in the ACC. So it's you know it, it's interesting, but yeah, I mean you know Cincinnati team did everything they they should do. I mean they they beat everyone on their schedule. They beat a couple top twenty five teams. You know I mean yeah they ducked Tulsa and they were a little shady in that having to play them <laughs> here, right? But you know I mean they they got that win. Um, I don't know. I, I wish they would have went to me. Clemson is the best team in the country with Trevor Lawrence so like if I'm just looking at rankings from the eye test and disregarding like I don't really care about records I don't count that Clemson loss because of the fact that Trevor wasn't there and and their linebacker wasn't there so I would put Clemson one Alabama two I mean you almost I guess you put Notre Dame three and then I would have put Cincinnati four and OU five just right right behind them Um, I don't think A&M had a a leg to stand on I know they won seven in a row but the one good team they played they got absolutely destroyed by and so but this is like I, I don't know if you saw Joel Klatt's video the other day that he posted about you take the top six you, or you look at the top eight in the college football playoff six of the top eight are the top six recruiting classes yeah ranked and yeah. it's all he's saying if you don't expand the playoff it's to the detriment of college football because the top the rich are going to continually get richer and you know you can't recruit if you're iowa and or if you're iowa state or uh, maybe this year if iowa state would have beaten oklahoma they would have had a chance but you know historically you can't say if you're one of these other schools on minnesota or a you know whoever fill in the blank yeah that you'll know, come here we'll we have a chance to go to the college football playoff because they're going to look around and be like wait Am I in Tuscaloosa? Am I in Clemson, <laughs> South Carolina? Am I in Norman, Oklahoma? Am I in Columbus, Ohio? I don't. I don't think so. Like I, I'll come here and play football, but like, don't lie to me about being able to make the college football playoff. You know, especially if you're a BYU, a Coastal Carolina, a Cincinnati, a Tulsa. If they would have won. Well, I mean, if
0: Iowa goes undefeated and wins their conference, then they're going to get in. But yeah, I mean, for for BYU and Cincinnati, they just yeah, they have no shot.
1: But this year, if you know Iowa's one loss would have been in the Big Ten Championship game, they wouldn't have been in. Yeah, no. You know, if you... If, and so it's just but one you of those... Run the, like, yeah,
0: you gotta... I mean, if you are not a name university... Like, this is the way it's always been, though. If you're not a name university, you have to run the table. If you're a Power Five. Now, if you're not a Power Five, like, anybody that's selling... That that group of five teams have a chance in this thing is just full of shit. Like they never have. There's no
1: chance. Yeah, there's yeah.
0: no chance, and I'm not like I'm not being mean about that. I'm saying that is the reality. They don't I mean, have a let, chance in this system. Let's rephrase
1: that though. There is a chance. Well, yeah. But what you have to do is you have to play like I think it was 2016 or 17, whatever that Houston team was. Right. That beat OU, beat Louisville with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And then if they would have done that and then ran the table in their conference then you're in you're gonna have to play a power five
0: like blue blood yeah and you're gonna have to have that on your resume in addition to running the table in your conference yeah
1: yeah so there a way to do it but it's just not feasible to happen you know year in year out it needs to be you know a 16 team playoff I mean look obviously bowl season doesn't matter anymore all of these bowls are canceling right now yeah so the argument of, oh, like you're you're losing all these games and you would lose all these bowl games and the bowls would lose money. Bowls are fucking canceling. Uh, Tulsa's playing a three and six or three and five <laughs> Mississippi <laughs> State team. Yeah, Like yeah. they were playing Mississippi State in the Armed Forces Bowl, I think is what it's called in Fort Worth, when Army at nine and one wasn't going to a bowl game. Right. So there's nine and one Army, a armed force, not in the armed forces game. And instead they invite three and five or three and six Mississippi state. Like it makes no fucking sense. So bad. The whole system is so skewed, so corrupt. So just antiquated. You need to get a 16 team playoff in there. You know, take all your power five conference champions, take your group of five champions. That's 10 teams. And then you have six, six wild cards.
0: I I think 16 is way too many. And look, I I could make the argument that eight's too many, but like 16, essentially, I mean, there's probably eight to 10 teams in the country right now that are guaranteed to make a 16 team playoff every year. And their names are Alabama, like Alabama could lose three times probably in that. Like I think 16 teams just devalues the, the. You know, win or like watch your playoff hopes disappear type mentality that we have in college football every week. So I think that's too many. Eight, I still think you're probably talking about. I mean, you would have to do it, I think five conference champions, give a, a group of five maybe a, an automatic bid, and then you go two at large. But like the two at large every year, like for instance, if Ohio State doesn't win the Big Ten, but they're not trash, they're going to be in. If like it's Georgia that doesn't win the SEC, they're going to be that other team. So, like, we kind of know what's going to happen anyway, and the argument is going to become the exact same thing, only now it's for teams that aren't quite as good as the the teams now that are at, like, 4, 5, and 6. Um, people are always going to be unhappy no matter how far you go. The problem is, if you go too far, then the regular season becomes so watered down where, I mean, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. I don't know, man. Like, here's the flip side of that. A, I don't think
1: the NFL regular season is watered down. Like, I still watch nfl regular season games even though they allow what now 16 teams into the playoff right like eight from each division um with the or is that right is it 16 or is it 12. well normally it's 12. so this year it's 14. yeah okay so i mean and i I, look this isn't my argument i'm regurgitating joel klatz and i'll send you that that video he did because he said if you don't expand to 16 if you keep it at eight or you go to six you're not fixing the problem that college football has that the rich will continually get richer because if it's just the top 6 or just the top 8 it's going to be the same six or eight teams like that that doesn't that doesn't fix the long-term issue that college football has of other programs being able to pretend like they're on like they have a chance to win the national championship when the season kicks off like you know 90% of the time It's going to be those same, you know, you can name them. We can sit here and name them right now. It's going to be those same teams that continually get richer and continually show up in these playoffs unless you expand it to the point where there's a little bit of parity, or I don't know what you want to call it because it would still be hard to beat Alabama in a 16-team playoff. But at least if you're Coastal Carolina, BYU, Tulsa, um Mississippi State. I mean, just like start throwing in these teams that have never made, you know, the college football playoff. Yeah, you can, you can recruit in a way. I don't know. It's just I'll send you his argument because it made sense when I listened to it. I mean, there is something to be said for that's a lot of games, but with the bowl season being as weird and shitty as it is this year, like I, the the point is lost on me that we have to protect the bowl season and the bowls matter and all this stuff like use those bowl games use the name for them whatever but some of these shitty bowls instead of playing a three and five mississippi state team you know if tulsa was 16 they could be playing a first round playoff bowl game in the armed forces bowl you know and then they can at least recruit saying you know hey we're on the same playing field from a standpoint of when this season starts if we have a good year we know that we have a chance you know like in college basketball like we, we have a chance to go win the championship that was his whole argument and he said that's what needs to happen quickly in order to yeah. save kind of football and i see where he's coming from and i see where you're coming from it's an I interesting- think that's
0: like a utopian ideal though like I, I it sounds good and i like where he's coming from and and in a perfect world i would like to think that that would work the problem is i mean alabama and ohio state and oklahoma and USC and Notre Dame, the, the Blue Bloods have been the Blue Bloods for the last hundred years for a reason, right? Like it's it's not like all of a sudden in 2020 in the last five or seven years since the college football playoff has been around, it's not like just in the last seven years, Ohio State and Alabama just have started getting all the good recruits in Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Like this has been going on for, since I've been alive. So I don't think that's a playoff thing. I think that's just a college football thing. Those programs have tradition and they're always, I mean, if Ohio State and, I don't know, Iowa State go after the same guy, like, Ohio State's going to win that battle. That's just the bottom line. Like, they're Ohio State. It's, it's I, I think that's kind of self-explanatory. So I don't know how much expanding a playoff actually changes that part of it. Maybe the other not. part of it I is, mean, I, now ahead, more ahead. than ever, like, uh, the other angle is Alabama and Clemson are sending dudes to the NFL every year. Like, that's what their pitch is come play for us. We're going to send you to the NFL. So again, I, I think that it sounds good to say it that way and, and think that it really changes things, but the top recruits in the country are still going to go to the top schools in the country where they're going to get noticed, where they're going to get seen because at the end of the day, watching Georgia on television for the majority of people is just more appealing than watching Oregon state.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I I understand what you're saying. The, the, the perfect, like in a perfect world, utopian flip side of that coin, devil's advocate argument is if you're Oregon state or if you're Iowa state and you're going up against an Ohio state, Oklahoma, Texas, whoever in recruiting, and you can tell that recruit, Hey, you go to those schools, you know, yes, you're going to be at a school that is historic and all of that. And you know there's a 95 chance for the four years you're there you're going to be a top eight seed in the in the playoff you come here you'll play right away and if we're good enough we can go beat those teams in the college football playoff you know because right now you can't really say that like you, you can that's how luke fickle you know when he got to yeah. cincinnati there were 16 or six or there was some really low number of kids at Cincinnati on scholarship from the state of Ohio. Right. And in his two or three years, now they're up to 44 or 46 and he's getting them to come to Cincinnati. And these are people that Ohio state's recruiting a, he has that tie in with Ohio state, but B he can say, look, you come to Cincinnati, you know, look at our indoor facility. Look at all this. It's, it's top notch, but also you'll start day one. Like you show me, you can play. I will start you day one. You go down the road to Columbus. You might not see the field to your junior year. And so it's it's up to you. Like, do you want to play? Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to leave your mark? Or do you want to be one of thousands that come through a program and maybe you leave your mark? Maybe you don't. You know, And, and if you can bookend that argument by saying, plus, it's proven. If you come here and we win football games, we're in the dance. Like, we can go prove it on the field whether or not we deserve to win a championship. Because right now those teams can't say that.
0: Yeah, I, think I, stu- just, I still think that's it. like an incredible long shot. But, I mean, it, if, you, if you go eight and you just guarantee that the winner of a conference is going to get their opportunity, then anybody that's in a Power 5, A, can sell that, what you're talking about. You can sell that to everybody because all you have to say is, right. we win our conference, we're in. It's not, we win our conference, we have to hope that we're not head-to-head with Ohio State or we're not head-to-head with Oklahoma as far as the committee goes. Because, look, we, I think a lot of people want to, like, pretend because logo isn't supposed to matter. Like, a lot of people want to pretend like the committee doesn't consider that. And look, I don't think they consciously do that. I don't think they consciously say, well, we're going to pick Oklahoma over, I don't know, Iowa, because, you know, it's OU. But, like, if you're comparing teams, there's no way that that can't subconsciously, in some way give you an edge right it's just it's human nature uh with with all the teams that have been good for a long time with with the bamas and the you know clemson obviously in that group now uh ohio state you know to a lesser degree teams like usc who have kind of fallen behind in the pack but i think that's just human nature that those brands just have so much tradition and so much weight behind them that in a head-to-head matchup with a non-power I mean, I, I, that's just an uphill climb for anybody. So you make it conference champion, you know, on, on the field matters. You win, you're in. You take care of the, the, the at-large bids, you know, for the for the SEC crowd that says we have to play in the SEC, and just because we didn't win our, you know, tournament doesn't mean that, that we're not one of the best teams. You know, you have a couple of at-large bids. And then, like, give me – here's here's something I wanted to bring up. So if we guarantee a top group of five team to get into this thing – for this year, for example, who gets it, Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina? Cincinnati, because you would go by higher ranked. But, and but Cincinnati's eight, Coastal's 12. You know how many people then would say, but group of five still doesn't really have a chance because you could be a group of five team and, you know, like, there's always going to be the argument for the team that doesn't get in. And, like, right now the group of five has next to zero shot, like you said, in a perfect scenario— where you schedule like an Oklahoma, maybe, you can have one yeah. of those special types of seasons. Unless you go to 16.
1: If you yeah. go to 16, there's three group of five teams that are in. Because you have BYU, who's independent, who's 16. You have Coastal Carolina, 12. And you have Cincinnati, 8. Ugh. But even if you went... I mean, there's some teams in there that don't deserve to be in there. Like Indiana's 11. Georgia's 9. Northwestern's 14. Carolina's 13. I mean, there's some teams that... Yeah, it's UG. So that's why... I think you do, I mean, I'm okay with eight. And yeah. my eight would be you take every champion of the power five and the champion of the I would just start including the American Athletic Conference as a power conference. So I would just take those six champions and, and two, then wild two wild enlarges. cards. Yeah. And so if you but even if you just took the top eight this year, you give one and two a bye, your first round matchup would be Ohio State against Cincinnati. You're telling me Fickle wouldn't love the chance to go up against Ohio state. Oh, he sure. And, sure he would. I mean, that would just be unbelievable. Notre Dame against Florida and then A&M against Oklahoma. Like that would be a lot of fun. And then you'd have Alabama and Clemson waiting. And so, and that's not, that wouldn't be. So if you did it, the we'll see this year's just so different. So you can't, yeah. you actually can't even look like the PAC 12 champion is a team that didn't qualify for the PAC 12 championship game.
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah so how like well this, yeah this is obviously weird, throwing this year out the window to a degree yeah. as far as how you build the model is is fair but like so i just pulled up last year's standings just just for a reference um so for example wisconsin a year ago was number 11 they were 10 and 4 um iowa 10 and 3 would have been in Utah was eleven and three. Baylor eleven and three. Is this three. if you
1: go sixteen or?
0: Yeah, this is if you go sixteen. Yeah. I like. I think it just to me it waters down the regular season so much because a loss isn't isn't a bad like if you lose a game like who cares? It's it. it
1: Here's the thing though. How is that same? How is it different with college basketball? From the standpoint of it does like well, that's why the, that's probably... why the
0: college basketball season regular, the regular season sucks. Right, but yes. you
1: still There's just you no still urgency. Watch, like, you still watch if it's a good game, and then you watch every game you can watch of March Madness. So, like, with, with football... We love March
0: Madness because there's urgency with every game. You you If you lose, your season's over. College football's right. close to that, not quite on the same level because we still get one lost team's in. But, I mean, if, if, if we have 16 spots and there are going to be four lost teams, like there's just not the urgency I, mean, it, I just think it I think it just takes away from how much every game matters and that's why we love college football so much because every game I, mean, I think has, you're looking
1: at it though you're looking at it from the top right like I'm just looking at it two, from a
0: fan perspective of well there is
1: urgency though from the standpoint of if you've lost two games like if you're Oklahoma and you're sitting at what would normally be like 10 and two or whatever the urgency is we can't lose another game like you know, there there's a distinct possibility if we lose Game Three or Game Four, if you're a three-loss team, <laughs> like there there is still urgency in that regard. Like you can't lose anymore, you know. So <laughs> well, then, yeah. I mean, so it's just the flip; it's the opposite urgency.
0: Have, it almost just gives you built-in mulligans. Like I don't know. I I don't I don't I'm not but a why fan of is that
1: football. Like the NFL, we watch every weekend, and there's. I mean, what's the what how many losses are the last wildcard team? The difference between the
0: best team in the NFL and team thirty-two is drastically different than the difference between college football team number one and college football team number thirty-two.
1: Like they're No, I understand that, but it doesn't a four or five loss team, you don't watch them with less frequency if it's like,
0: Do you get you really excited the, for those Thursday night matchups when we get, like, the the Colts and the Jaguars?
1: If there's playoff implications on the line,
0: sure. Like, I, but who right
1: now turns on the game to watch Indiana versus Illinois anyway? Yeah. Right? So, like, it's I, – I think if there's playoff implications on the line, regardless of whether it's towards the bottom and you need to win to stay in, or if it's at the top and you're winning to try to stay undefeated and get a – top two or three or four seed, I think we would still watch. Cause I, yeah. I mean, it, I'm just talking to myself. Like for me, I would still watch because it's,
0: well, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to watch cause it's yeah. football and I'm just a football fan, but like, I'll, I'll give you another example of, of a reason why I'm anti-expansion. Although I, I think the, the, the longer we go by, I I'm just in favor of more quality football. If we can, if that's even obtainable, my problem is I don't think that's actually realistic because even in the model where we just have four teams, here are the do you know the margins of victory in the in the semifinal games?
1: the margin of victory in the semifinal games, projected margin no, of victory for, or for like what overall, we've had
0: to this point
1: that haven't been close right I know that right, yeah
0: so like like they are already, just with this four team model, there are a lot of people that are like, ah, oh, the semifinals always suck." you expand that even more what is the what like what are we really getting that I guess is my point because well what's your
1: you're getting the chance for BYU at 16 yeah to pull an upset right you're getting the chance of Cincinnati you're getting that Cinderella chance that you just don't get with four yeah. And you probably would never get with six, and you might get with eight. Well, that's
0: why I I, I think I've I've come around to I've I've been anti eight for a long time because I I think part of it for me is like a deserving like does do we really think that there are teams right now that can honestly go beat Alabama or Clemson like clearly those are the best two teams in in the sport like it's yes, not even close. clearly so yeah. like do we really have to go through this charade of having somebody go play one of those two teams for the sake of like those two teams beating down two opponents to go meet each other at the end. So I I don't know. It's I've opened my mind up to the fact that eight at least, you know, gives us more than just the two games that are going to be blowouts. Maybe the other two games are good games or something like that. And and it also, you know, for the sake of allowing, you know, a coach like Monty to, to realistically tell his team before the season, like, hey if we if we hold up our end there will be a reward at the end of the season whereas right now that's just not the case at all like it's unfair but i mean tulsa started this season without a legitimate shot to make the college football playoff as did like 80 other teams
1: cincinnati (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah.
0: like it's i'm not singling out tulsa i'm just using them as an example so Yeah. yeah i mean it's it's uh yeah, there's just the bottom line is the Blue Bloods are the Blue Bloods because they've been dominant in the sport for a 100 years. And I just don't think changing the model necessarily changes that element of what college football is.
1: You're not wrong. Uh, let me ask you this before we can break to go watch the NBA, because as you can tell by behind you, it's uh, opening night of the NBA. <laughs> KD is on as we speak. Uh, I want to see how he's doing. But uh, if you're, I was talking about this to, I don't know if it was my brother or who it was. If you're Philip Montgomery, Right. Do you consider taking, like, let's say Lincoln Riley calls him and offers him Coach Beamer's spot to come be whatever Beamer's title was, associate head coach, and then, you know, something to do with the offense, special teams, whatever that is. Because the track record is now proven. If you're an associate head coach under Lincoln Riley, you have the potential to go be a head coach at a Power Five school. Yeah. You know, you're going to win games. You know, you're going to win Big 12 championships. You know, you're, in the college football playoff hunt every year do you consider leaving a head coaching gig at a school like tulsa in one of the if you want to call them power six conferences yeah where you've proven you can win double digit games before you've proven you can hang with good teams which you've also proven when it's down it's down yeah like when it when it's bad it's bad right where would your mindset be if you put yourself in Monty's shoes with that? And not even saying that's on the table, but just if it was, is that something you would even entertain or is, is there too much to be gained from saying you're the head coach and then trying to parlay that into another head coaching gig?
0: I think it's really tough. And like, it's very few guys are able to parlay jobs at that level into really good jobs. Right? Like it's just not a a thing that happens a lot. I, I like, I don't know the numbers, but I would guess that if you took a bunch of Tulsa-equivalent jobs over the the course of a long period of time, the percentages wouldn't be that good on guys that had success and were able to elevate versus either stayed the same or, you know, went down eventually.
1: So I'll tell you three off the top of my head, and I don't know the numbers either. Yeah, Here at Tulsa, Todd Graham went from... Tulsa had a run of them, right? Tulsa to Pittsburgh to Arizona State, all that stuff. Yeah, Um, Memphis has had two. Justin Fuente went to Virginia Tech. Jay Norvell went to Florida State. So, I mean, it's—I don't know how
0: often it happens, but it can. I could be wrong. I, you know, that's just that's just the the off the top of my head, the way I would I would perceive it. Fickle
1: will go from Cincinnati to yeah, for sure. Somewhere at some point, you know.
0: I just I I think that again, those are guys that we know. I think there are also just a ton every year that flame out.
1: Urban Meyer even. Went from Utah. Utah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you're right. It's more that it
1: doesn't happen than it does. Yeah. So but I think it's proven if you're at the cream of the crop level in a conference like the American, yeah, yeah. you can parlay it if you're, if you're lucky. But you have to be lucky.
0: I, maybe this is just because I think Monty's a pretty good coach, but I I don't know that I would make that move simply because that is a position to me that seems like, it would, if I ever really wanted it, maybe I could still get it at, at another time. So maybe you let the Tulsa thing run its course and it either gets better and you elevate anyway or it doesn't. But I mean, you still have, I think he has the credentials to still be somebody that they would want in that position, if that makes sense. So,
1: yeah, it does. It yeah. Does. Uh,
0: yeah. I think Lincoln Riley would value him. A year, you know, if he valued him now, I think he would value him a year from now if he if he were to get let go, for example. But
1: he deserves a contract extension after what oh, he did through this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that he was he was like one of the, uh, like probably I think at the beginning of the season on like the hot seat websites, like he was, he was near the top of something. all of those. Yeah. 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 And for for yeah yeah, he did a great. And it's job. just
1: fun for me because he's now doing this with his players. Right, Like these are his recruits. It's year five or whatever it is. So it's a full cycle of his players coming through and he's just, you know, his staff's a really good staff. They're really good recruiters. I hope he keeps Joe Gillespie as defensive coordinator. Like he's, he's something man. What do you think
0: about the Alex Grinch thing, by the way?
1: Has that been, what's the latest on that?
0: So the last I heard was just that uh, he was going to what interview for, for Arizona? Arizona
1: state or Arizona, Arizona. Arizona right? Yeah. Cause yeah. Uh, the, it was the, someone got let go.
0: It was the, yeah. And, and people were like, you know, they, they're going back to the well, like they did with Mike Stoops.
1: True. True. I, I would value or say that, uh, Grinch would probably have a better chance of being successful there than Mike Stoops did. Um, I yes. think his defensive philosophy is a little bit better than Mike Stoops's. Uh, no offense to Mike, if you're listening, but, uh, I mean, if I'm if I'm Grinch, I'd probably take that job. Do you? If it's offered, sure. I mean, the Pac-12 is awful right now. Like you could go. No, that's fair. You know, you could go win that conference with just a few tweaks and a year or two of good recruiting.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. To me, it, this would be a bad time to, if you've never been a head coach, to take that on for the first time with all the other elements that you have to deal with outside of the football stuff. And at the same time, I, I think Alex Grinch could potentially be a year or two away from being in the Brent Venables camp where every offseason his name is attached to you know the, the top job that's available. So I I don't know. I think he's in a really good situation where he's got things going in, in such a great direction, and the job that he's already done in two years is, I mean, historically great. That I, I don't know that I wouldn't maybe – sit on it and and see what else comes along maybe a year from now and not having to like take on the whole being a head coach for the first time and develop a program when you have as many COVID restrictions as as we still have at the moment
1: and also let me let's be realistic if you get to the level of Brent Minables unless you're just greedy and egotistical and want to see your name as a head coach there's something to be said for focusing on what you need to focus oh, yeah. on, staying in your lane yeah. and making three to $4 million a year yeah. and living happily ever after. Like there's, there's something yeah, absolutely. to be said for
0: that. Like, you have to talk the to the media every day. Greener. You don't have to like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh it's a completely different job. It's a football, like Brent Venables has a football yeah. job, whereas being a head coach is about football, but you like, you know, this 75% of it is out like everything not related to football. <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. I mean, you're everything from running you know with your director of football Ops, like running all the travel stuff oh, and yeah. just the boosters and the all the different stuff you have to do and the media responsibilities and just all of it like yeah. it's you know it, yeah, like I mean, if I'm Brent Middleabless, if I'm Alex Grinch, I don't know if I ever want to be a head coach,
0: yeah, no, it's i it's you not know? for everybody, and you know some guys are great football guys. But just, you know, like you have to have a certain personality to be able to do all that stuff and be a football guy and be a leader. And like, you know, like Steve Sarkeesian's name is being thrown around again. Like he was a guy at USC and even Washington. While he did a pretty good job at Washington, like, I don't know, I never just viewed him as a guy that was like a really good leader. Like, I think he's a great football mind. But I think there's just something to be said for, you know, some guys are, Great football guys and know the game and can call great plays and teach football really well. And some guys just aren't really good at, you know, being the the face of a program and being a leader and being the guy that has to to sit in front of a microphone every day and and sell your university the the way that it needs to be sold to be successful. So
1: yeah, uh, one basketball question before we wrap since it's opening night, your NBA finals prediction and your MVP prediction is what? And I can go first if you want because I asked you that question so I'm prepared. Yeah, Um, I don't think anybody in the West can beat the Lakers. I think the Lakers are better than they were last year from a roster standpoint. So that's the easy one. I'm going to take the 76ers out of the East. Oh, wow. Yep, because I think one of two things happens. Okay. Doc Rivers figures it out and gets the best out of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and that whole staff or staffed roster or they trade for James Harden and you have James Harden and Joel Embiid and whoever else you can put around them. And I think either one of those options, if clicking on all cylinders is good enough to beat the bucks and to beat Boston and to beat whoever else you have to beat at Miami to come out of the East. So I'll, I'll take Philly Lakers, Lakers win again. Okay. MVP. Um, I know my MVP. I I hadn't really honest is out. you're not going to win three in a row. Like no one's won three in a row since Larry bird. And he was winning championships when he did it. Right. So uh, so Giannis is out. I almost think we're at a point where LeBron's just going to stop winning MVPs and just keep collecting finals MVPs. Right. You can't give it to Anthony Davis because if you're not sure he's the best player on his team, then he can't be the MVP. Right. So I'll give it to Luca.
0: I'll give the MVP to Luca. Same for me. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, it's, it, the NBA MVP, and we even kind of saw this going into the year with the NFL MVP and kind of the narrative built around Russell Wilson before the season even started, and then he started playing well, and that – I mean, it was – you noticed it. Like, he was just narratively driven to the top of the MVP conversation, and it kind of feels like this year uh, – like, I, it's a weird way to say it, but it almost feels like the NBA has kind of positioned it to be Luca's turn. if You know, like – He's the next superstar. He's the next guy that I think, as long as you know he does what what is expected of him on the court, I, he's just I think from a narrative standpoint going to be the guy that gets pushed to that um, yeah. to the finish line.
1: In my scenario, Joel Embiid would have to have an MVP level season, so he's probably my dark horse to win MVP. Okay, would be Embiid, but I would give it to Luca.
0: All right, I'm uh I'm with you on the West. I just the Lakers. Yeah, I just can't see anybody in a seven-game series. So give series. me a dark
1: horse then. Who's your dark horse in the West? Like if you had to pinpoint a team, I don't know if Dallas plays good enough defense. I'm going to say Phoenix. I like Phoenix's roster. I think Chris Paul is going to make a world of difference. Like I honestly like they're probably not going to beat the Lakers, yeah. but you know I don't like what Denver did and kind of standing pat and losing. A couple guys. I don't know if I, trust I. think Michael, Michael Porter Junior
0: is going to take a big step this year for them, but
1: I just don't trust his health. He's got to yeah. show me that he can stay healthy for a couple seasons. I, if Golden State had Clay, I would have. I would say them Portland a dark for horse. me. I do like the uh, Covington deal.
0: Yeah. Well, because their
1: pitcher, know whatever his name is, is back from injury. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They've got a bunch of dudes that can play on the perimeter. Um, you know, three and D guys, Rodney Hood being back, Robert Covington, obviously the backcourt is is terrific. Gary Trent's an up-and-coming guy. I really like Nurkic. Um yeah, I would say probably Portland would be my dark horse. Uh and you know, it's funny that I think I'm guilty of this. Like the the clipper flame out just has such a bad taste in my mouth that i i don't want to pick them but from a talent standpoint that's still a really good roster
1: and yeah their bench is not but starting five patrick beverly adding serge Ibaka, um you know it's it's a it's a pretty stacked yeah. starting five but i mean lou williams once you get into the playoffs is just awful
0: yeah
1: and you know there's not a lot coming off the bench for them
0: still have reggie um, jackson they they brought in uh luke Kennard, who's a, a really good shooter decent player for Detroit yeah, decent player. I mean it, you know for for what they need him to do he's just going to be a shooter and right. not have to do a whole lot else so I think he's a good piece for them um another yeah, long
1: shot just because I love him watch Memphis and watch John ja Morant because Ja Morant's a fucking I'm dude a man
0: big John ja Morant fan
1: yeah. that guy plays ball
0: in the east man I it's crazy I I love the Nets roster like I know that we all just kind of look at Durant and Kyrie and think that that's that's the show. And I don't know how good they would be in playoff series from a defensive standpoint. But man, like, so you got the two bigs with DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen, who I think are, you know, both really good rotational guys in the postseason, depending on your matchup. But then you look at their perimeter players. I mean, from Kyrie to Spencer Dinwiddie to... Kevin Durant to Karis LeVert to uh what's the the shooter's Joe Harris who I think led the league in three-point percentage 2 years ago. I think he was hurt last year some, but um yep, he he's did. just a sniper from the outside and, and is going to space the floor for all those scorers. They brought in Landry Shamet. They I that team is just loaded. Like when they when all of those James Harden trade rumors were floating around and there was the idea that they would like unload a bunch of those dudes for hard. And I'm like, first of all, you have all these dudes that need the ball in their hands if that becomes the case. But as it stands right now, you already have guys that are elite shot makers, and then you have all the other pieces around them to be able to to give you minutes and you have a I mean, good guys to come off the bench like that's a that's a really good roster if nobody gets hurt
1: here's the thing you didn't tell me you told me one defensive player
0: right that's that's what i was saying like i don't know how that team would hold up defensively in the postseason but there's so much scoring there good lord
1: jared allen is and kd can play defense when he wants to
0: kd's a really good defender yeah and you know he was in golden state but everybody was in golden state so you weren't having to do more than like your job i guess if that makes sense but
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be a fun season. Seventy-two games, I believe, instead of eighty-two. So a ten-game yeah, wider
0: uh, on East, the docket. I don't know. Like, I love the way Miami plays. It it seems, I don't know. It's really hard for a team to kind of capture the thing that they had going. You know, after a an off season, and I don't know. We'll see. I I hope that they're able to play the same brand that they were playing when they come back, but you know how that goes. Sometimes it's, it, you just get on a run like that, but they added uh they added a Avery Bradley and I've heard, I, I didn't really see the, uh, what was his name? Precious. Um, Achua, achihua something like that. Sure. Um. The, the, anyway, the the kid they got in the draft from Memphis, I'd I never really saw him at all. He's in a good college, but I've, I've heard I mean, a, like, yeah, as far as the fit, I've heard a lot of NBA talking heads say that this is, one of the best fits in terms of what he can give them in the whole draft. So if he gives them anything to what they already have, like it's not, not bad, but they, you know, I saw
1: Memphis play, they lost 80 to 40 to Tulsa. Oh, 80 to 40. Oh. And that was last year. They played the other night, maybe last night. I think that's Lord, but so precious wasn't good enough to, uh, do anything in that game, but yeah. Yeah.
0: How good is the Big 12, by the way, it, speaking of college hoops?
1: Yeah, they're playing ball. They're playing ball.
0: I saw – it was it was like the week after Thanksgiving. I saw Baylor play. Um, somebody that's a top-five team. Baylor is so good.
1: I really wish the Baylor-Gonzaga game would have happened. Yes. That would have been fun no to doubt. watch.
0: No doubt. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of college basketball regular season play. Um, I'll, I'll definitely get more into it now that – we have conference games and, and especially with the big 12 having we have five top 25 teams five in the top like 15 I think I
1: believe so and then and OU's not ranked and they're five and one
0: right and then Oklahoma yeah. State with you know arguably the future number one Jade. overall pick yeah I don't know if I told you this or not but the kid that wows me maybe more than anybody in college basketball if you haven't seen him play yet Jalen Suggs the point guard for Gonzaga. He's a five-star freshman that chose Gonzaga. And I, I was saying uh, about a month ago that if the Thunder were to end up with either he or Cade Cunningham, like I don't, at this point, like I think he's so good that I wouldn't be disappointed to watch him play in OKC instead of Cade. Like that's how good I think he is. So uh, Cade Cunningham obviously is a star and Uh, certainly deserving of being the number one overall pick, but that Jalen Suggs kid, man, you can just, there is something special there.
1: All right. You want to, so wait, what was your Lakers versus who?
0: i I'll go, I'll go Lakers nets just because I, I, I feel like I, I need to see the bucks do something different in the playoffs before I can confidently feel like they're able to make that next step. I just, man, the last two runs, same thing. Just so disappointing. So
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, All right, let's end on this. With the first pick in the 2021 NBA draft, the the fill-in-the-blank select. Let
0: me pull up the the, the NBA teams real quick.
1: So in the West, it would have to be the Thunder. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. With that roster and probably the moves they'll make midseason just to cut more room and get more picks. Yeah are going to be near the bottom if not at the bottom of the west okay in the east i mean you're probably looking i don't know washington anymore with russ um charlotte's probably not going to be great again yeah. even though they have Lamelo. um i don't know how good the bulls are going to be like minnesota would probably be pretty bad in the west too but at least you have there you have anthony edwards you have towns D'Angelo and, D'Angelo russell, and russell you have yeah, Kat, yeah.
0: I will go Thunder or Hornets.
1: Yeah, I mean.
0: Or oh god!
1: The, the moral Detroit. of that story. Yeah, the moral of that story is: you're if you're the Thunder, you're probably looking at to a top three or four pick.
0: I, I like I like Atlanta's team too. They, it's the same thing though. They don't play defense. Yeah, man. no defense. Yeah.
1: And a, as good a post-season as postseason series like, with
0: Atlanta and the Nets would be like, 150, oh 148 every night so
1: right now it would
0: be an sec football game
1: right yeah right right now there's five and a half minutes to go in the third quarter and the nets are up 84 56 on the rockets or the rockets the uh warriors i mean it's that's the type of year it's gonna be for the warriors that's great news for the nets yeah because kd looks back to his old self i mean that's that's really good to see well and there's just there's so many scorers
0: like you can't sell out to stop durant yeah, or Kyrie for that matter. Like they're just, they are loaded with dudes that can put the ball in the bucket.
1: So Kyrie's ten of sixteen for twenty six points, three rebounds, four assists. KD six of fourteen, four rebounds, three assists, sixteen points. Lavert off the bench has twelve points. Joe Harris has ten points. Like yeah, it's and meanwhile, there's two players in double digits for Golden State. <laughs> Steph Curry six <laughs> of eighteen, and Wiggins is three of thirteen. So yuck. Not great. Wiseman's going to get double digits in his first game, which is nice.
0: Is James Harden going to play tomorrow night against OKC?
1: I'm so over that guy. And I have been for a while now. Yeah. But I'm so glad that he's just getting the worst reputation in the NBA. Makes me smile. Yeah. Makes my heart happy. You just yep. go keep partying, dude. You just go keep not wearing your mask and partying, and <laughs> you know, keep keep letting keep letting all the things come out from how bad of a teammate you are, and how how much the world revolves around you. And we'll just we'll just see how you keep shooting yourself in the foot when it comes to future contracts and all that stuff, and people not wanting to play with you and all that. So it's I love seeing it. I'm just waiting
0: it. for the day that we get the report that Boogie Cousins and PJ Tucker have like stuffed James Harden into a locker or something Cause both of those guys seem like guys that would not put up with shenanigans very well
1: in their case i would be concerned that james harden might eat them because if, <laughs> if you if you look at him recently like he's he's put on a few lbs so you need to be he need to be careful there if you're a teammate plotting uh, james harden's demise oh, and that's he the dude that hungry. you think
0: are going to put the sixers over the top
1: no, I think Doc's going to put them over the top with their current okay. roster. I don't think they're going to trade for Harden. Okay, but it was it was one of two. You know, if it doesn't okay, work, then you it. can bring him in and yeah. whatever. But I think it'll work with what they have.
0: Fair enough. All right, man. Uh, have a safe trip to Dallas. Thank you. Have a merry Christmas, uh, everybody. Stay safe. I'll you from
1: Bucky's. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we need good old uh, Buckies.
0: You should do a little Bucky's video of like the things that you get for. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. That'll be good. Yeah. All right, buddy. So, there it is. There's that music. There's that music. Right left, right right, and crazy. Yikes! That's so scary. out to Take Podcast, presented by Chalk and Chisholm Creek. I am Colby Daniels. He is John Moss. We will talk to you next time. Merry Christmas, everyone.
1: See you guys. cool.